Hello, good to see you. Welcome, 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 welcome. Always a joy. Always a joy. Always a joy to hang out with you. Um, this is a very special time of the year. The month of August is the month when I was born and the month when my husband was born. Happy birthday to all the August babies. You're a special lot. Yes, you are. So I am very alert in this month and awake and desiring for much more. I don't know about you. But yeah, my heart is open. And as we get into the word today, you know what to do. Let everyone know that we are on and we are on for a good, 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 good word. Good word from the Lord and a good word just... It turns our lives around, you know. Um, in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 11, it talks about how by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Think about that. The worlds were framed by the word of God. Like basically, God determined the boundaries of everything and the beauty and everything by the word. And it's still the same thing. The, your world is framed by the word. Your world is being framed by words, words that you've believed, words that you've spoken, words that you've received. And you can change the framing of your world by the word of God. Just like God created using words, we create using words. And so the word of God is invaluable. It is so powerful. You know, there's a scripture I saw in, I think, Matthew, where Jesus is um, walking by and he sees a crowd of people. And the Bible says that, he saw them and they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd and that he, he, he had compassion towards them and he taught them. Can you imagine that Jesus' most compassionate response to people who looked weary and scattered because they had no shepherd, that's why you should value a shepherd in your life, was to teach them. So when you see us teaching in Worship Harvest, it's a very, very teaching church. It's because God has given us good shepherds and because he is relieving us of being weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. When God gives you a shepherd, the first thing the shepherd does is to feed you. He says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I shall not diminish, or I will not go backwards, or I'll not be lacking. That's what the word want means, that I will always be increasing. I shall not want. What's the first thing the shepherd does? He makes me lie down in green pastures. What do sheep feed on? Pasture. So the first thing that, that, that a shepherd, the, the most important role of a shepherd in your life is to feed you. And that's why the Bible encourages us to esteem those who teach us the word, esteem those who labor among us, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. In fact, the scriptures tell us that those ones are worthy of double honor and we should esteem them very highly because of their work, which is the work of, of feeding us as sheep. And that's why you should feed the sheep of God. That's why when God is speaking with Peter, I believe it's in John 21. He says to him, do you love me, Peter? And Peter says, Lord, I love you. And he says, feed my lambs. Asks him a second time, Peter, do you really love me more than all of these ones? Everyone says they love me, but you love me the most. He says, Lord, I love you. He says, feed my lamb, feed my sheep. And again, Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter is like, I have answered twice already. He says, okay, tend my sheep. In other words, the greatest expression of your love and my love for Jesus is when we feed his sheep, is when we teach the word of God to others around us. So I hope that you're not a consumer who just comes here to hear the word, but that you go and teach those around you in your simple way or in your complex way, whichever way you like to do it, but that you're passing on what you have learned. There's nothing so special about us. It's that we just simply receive what we've been taught and we teach to others. Uh, why don't we pray uh, even as we start just to recognize the presence of God where you are, where I am. Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence. We thank you for your word that is more precious than silver, more precious than gold. Your word that produces a life that our parents cannot give us, that the world cannot give us, the economy cannot give us, that no tact of our own can give us. But Lord, your word is our inheritance. Through it, we are taught. Through it, we are established. We are equipped. For every good work, we are perfected, Lord, through your word. Thank you for the gift of your word. Jesus, you are the word of God made manifest. Thank you that even as we talk about you today, you are present. You are alive in us. 
Yes, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is living and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between what is of the soul and what is of the spirit. It divides between what is born and what is marrow. And Lord, it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Lord, we open ourselves to the light of your word. Let it come in and discern the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Let it come in and put asunder what is of the soul and what is of the spirit. That Lord, we may live lives that bring you glory. That your word may produce in us the life of God. That we may be partakers of the divine nature. Thank you, Lord. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive from you for the entrance of your word. Gives, brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Give us understanding, Lord. Give us wisdom, oh Lord. Shine your light in our lives that, Lord, we may be a beacon of hope and a star shining in our generation just like you asked us to. To the glory of your name, Holy Spirit, open the mysteries of the word to us. Thank you so much that you reveal to us the things that have been freely given to us by God and we live in them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Wow, what a blessing. So ah, today I want to talk about the value of spiritual things. It's been on my heart for a while now. I was visiting uh, Apostle Mose. Yay, you will be there. <laughs> As visiting, we were visiting Apostle Mose with a couple of pastors who we lead in the high flyers network in worship harvest and uh, that was in the month of june and when we were around him for about about three times he kept saying you people believe in spiritual things you people just believe in spiritual things you people believe in spiritual things until i was like ah god what are you saying to us the man of god has repeated this statement too many times and something on the inside of me started to open up and to catch on to something here's the thing it's very possible to be a believer and to be very carnal at the same time. I can give you evidence. I hadn't even uh, planned on this one, but it has come to me. You can be a believer and be very carnal. Let me show you the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I think in chapter 3. Now, if you read about the Corinthians, if you read the, book of, the books of Corinthians, you'll find that these people were so spiritual in terms of walking in spiritual gifts, prophetic uh, they would greet each other in tongues. They would compete in taking Holy Communion. You know what we consider to be spirituality? They were born again. They were full of the word. They were competing in gifts of the spirit. They were prophetic. Everyone had a psalm. Everyone had a hymn. Everyone had a word. Eh, missional community leaders, you're like, Lord, I don't mind an MC like that where we are competing for spiritual things. But Paul writes to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. These people who are full of all these things and he says to them and i brethren in verse 1 first corinthians chapter 3 from verse 1 i'll read from verse 1 to maybe verse 3 mm -hmm. he says and i brethren he's writing to the brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people but they are brethren then the assumption that as long as you are a brethren which is a born-again believer, you're a spiritual person. He says, but I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babies in Christ. How can you call these people babies? They are praying in tongues. They are competing in tongues. They are prophesying. They are. He says, I'm not speaking to you as to spiritual people. I'm speaking to you as to carnal people and as to babies in Christ. I fed you with spiritual, with milk and not with solid food. For until now... You were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. <laughs> For you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? <laughs> Wait a minute, Paul, what are you saying? In other words, Paul is saying that if you're a spiritual person, you should not behave like a regular person. You can't be just like your, your friend or your workmate who is not born again. You can't be talking the way they talk. You can't be believing the way they believe. You can't be dealing with things the way they deal with them. That when someone stabs me, I stab them back. That when that you're quarreling all the time. That in your marriage, there's no peace in the home. That, 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 that I don't know, you go for certain deals, which you call deals, but you know what it is. That there must be a difference. He's saying, I can't, yes, you pray in tongues. Yes, you prophesy. Yes, you compete in taking Holy Communion and all these things. 
But I can't speak to you as to, as to even spiritual people. You're not spiritual. You are carnal because you've not been able to receive certain things in the word of God. And even now you're not able to receive them. He says, because where there is envy, where there is strife, where there are divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? My goodness. Listen, we have to believe in spiritual things. <laughs> it's possible to be a Christian and you're carnal. It's possible to be a Christian and you're unspiritual. Why? What develops your spirituality? Again, it's not complicated. It is when you receive and practice what the word of God says and take it as truth. As it is indeed truth. Jesus in the book of John chapter 6 verse 63 says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When Paul is dealing with the Corinthians, he's saying, what has made you carnal is that you're not able to receive the word of God. You're more excited about these, these other things. You're excited about prayer, communion, what, but you're not able to receive the word. And he says, and up to now you're behaving like carnal people because you refuse to receive the word of God, which is spiritual food. Because if you're going to grow, you grow by the milk of the word. But there's a place where you go from just the milk and you go to the solid food. And I think it's in Hebrews where he talks about uh, the, the, the solid food of the word. He says, <laughs> Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. This is for someone because it wasn't planned. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14 says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Who do we give milk? It's babies. They are the ones who take milk only. And even babies, by the time they get to six months, you introduce solid food. If you don't, there are nutri these nutrients that milk can no longer provide that is in other foods. But at some point, all they need is milk. You can't stay on milk. You can't want to only be told about, I don't know what thing you like to, be, to hear about. You, he says that how you know you're maturing is that you become a teacher of others. And again, Jesus speaks about that in the book of Isaiah, when the, Isaiah the prophet is talking about Jesus, that he doesn't just come to set you free, but he sets you free so that you can become a lifter of others, that you can become an oak of righteousness. Now, how you know you're becoming spiritual? listen, is that you're becoming fruitful, is that you're able to teach others, is that you are no longer, your life is no longer about you, but it's about others. That's how you become a spiritual person. You don't live for you. He says, I, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That the point of Jesus dying and us dying with him, that we give up our selfish life. It's a miracle for you to believe a missional community. It's a miracle for you when you, I was meeting Azono pastors recently at home and I was telling them that, guys, what you're seeing here is a miracle, is that we are sitting up late into the night. What are we talking about? We're not talking about how to grow our finances. We're not talking about how to uh, succeed in life. We're not talking about how to parent our children. We are talking about others. We are spending nights, days, meetings, laboring, figuring out how to help other people that Christ may be formed in them. That's a miracle because naturally as a carnal person, you are selfish. You are self-centered. How you know that the word of God is working in you is when now it's no longer about you. It's about others. And you have to fight to enter that realm, to fight to enter your ministry. To, everyone has a ministry. All of us, God has given us a work of reconciliation on the earth, that we reconcile people to God. But you, 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 you have a platform everywhere you are, you do. So it is a work of God. He says, by now you ought to be teachers, but yet instead you need someone to teach you again the first principles. You've come to need meat, I mean, to need milk and not solid food. Then verse 13 of Hebrews 5, he says, For everyone who partakes only of milk, only, when you stop at the milk of God's word, which is what? You know, that the, 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 first, or the first principles of our salvation. Salvation by grace, that God loves you, that is so powerful, that he died for you, and that he died to give you a life in exchange, and that you are 
you are loved by God, that you, you are raised with him. You didn't just die with him, you are raised with him. Righteousness by grace, righteousness as a gift. Faith, all these things, laying on of hands, baptism, Holy Spirit, that these are the first principles of, of, you should know them. You should be confident in who you are in Christ Jesus. But you can't only stay there. Now you should help others. You should move on to bearing fruit because the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. That your fruit is when you have trees of life. Other people who are, whose lives are now changed because yours was changed. He says, if you, he says, everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Not like a babe, like how oh, I'm a babe, no. He is a baby, he's a child. Like if all you need is feed me, feed me, feed me, that's babies. When you mature, others are now depending on you to feed them. And he says in verse 14, but solid food <laughs> belongs to those who are of full age. Someone, I, I, I speak that you're becoming of full age. I declare that you're moving from being an unskilled child who only needs milk and that you are becoming of full age. He says, but for solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That solid food belongs to those who use the word. The more you use the word, the more you exercise your spiritual senses. Listen, when you become a hearer of the word and not a doer, you become unspiritual, you become unskilled, you become like a baby concerning the things of the spirit. And what am I talking about? that we must value spiritual things because and we must believe in the power of spiritual things this is one of the things that came to my mind and i wrote it down that when it comes to spiritual things listen what can destroy you does not seem like much in the natural and what can promote you also does not seem like much in the natural you have to understand that when it comes to spiritual things the natural is the opposite of the spiritual for example, we talked about how Hebrews said that by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Are you with me? So how much value does the world place on words? Not much. People lie. They say, I, I didn't mean it. I said it. So what? In the realm of the spirit, words frame your world. The thing that God has elevated above his name is his word. Like Jesus calls himself the word of God, that he became flesh in the beginning was the word. That's why we struggle with understanding the power of the word of God and taking it in that it's a living thing, that words are living things. That when the word of God enters your body, it takes out disease. It can enter your family and take away poverty. It can stop early deaths. It can enter your family and give you marriages. It can enter your family and stop, um, what's that thing called? A lack of fruitfulness. It can enter your business and make it international. The word of God is a living thing. It's living, it is powerful, it is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's able to cut asunder. But the world does not value words. The, the, word, the, the world values beauty. The world values money. The world values influence. Those are like the three things. It's about how you look. It's about what you have. It's about who you know. That's what the world values. On the other hand, the greatest value in the world, in, in, in the, the greatest value, the things that are valuable in the spiritual realm are words and people. That's it. The word of God and loving people. It's living for others. And you see, natural, this is something I had Apostle Moses say that natural things diminish with time, spiritual things gain value with time. Think about it. Natural things lose value with time. Think about beauty. What was considered beautiful uh, 20 years ago is different now. And even you, when you look in the mirror, you can tell that it diminishes with time. Yeah, in the natural. <laughs> natural things, when it comes to money, so you've amassed all this wealth, in fact, Jesus asks, what, does it get, what, will it, uh, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Like, do you know that your money cannot buy a soul? Money cannot buy you salvation. 
Money cannot buy you life. You know that people, that otherwise people, you know some very wealthy people in this world who a disease put them out. They had all the money in the world, but money cannot buy you life. It can't. Like the things that the world values over time, if you give up your entire life for a job. So finally, when that job ends, what will your life be about? What will matter at the end of your life? Natural things actually lose value. Like that job where you're now, it's a big deal. It's a, simply, it's, it's a season. And you should work hard. But you should understand that you work for purpose, not for money. There's a difference. When you go to work for money, it's a small life. When you work for purpose, you know that it doesn't matter if they move you from which job to which one. What looks like a demotion will become a promotion. Spiritual things gain value over time. When someone serves God over time, in the realm of the spirit, their rank keeps growing. And even in the natural, they bear more fruit. But it takes time, and that's where we lose. We don't have the patience to wait. The world values things that are going to pass away. Money, beauty, influence. They don't bury, bury you with any of those things. But the word of God, oh, it produces even after you're gone. People, when you, reach, when you become someone who is a winner of souls, a disciple of men, Oh my goodness, a planter of churches. What's going to happen is that even when you go to heaven, the fruit you left behind continues to produce eternal. You will find those people in heaven. They will bring more people into heaven. But to value spiritual things, and I'm talking about the fact that when it comes to spiritual things, the things that people, that can destroy your life don't look like much in the natural. And the things that can give your life value don't look like much in the natural. Both ways. They really don't. For example, words of a parent. Isaac speaks over Jacob and declares that he'll become a nation. It took time. Jacob went through a time when he was cheated by his father-in-law 10 times. He worked seven years for a wife and they gave him the wrong wife. That thing also confuses me, but Jacob, how did he end up with the wrong wife? Or oh, the whole wedding day, the wedding night, we found out in the morning. Jacob. I don't understand, but let's leave that alone. But for seven years, then he had to work another seven years. And then he was running away. Then they cheated him over and over. But the words of his father had to produce because he spoke a blessing over him. And we've learned that the blessing is the supreme operating system of the, of the kingdom. The blessing. But how many of you value the blessing of your parents, the words they've spoken over you? Value spiritual things. Up to now, the words of Isaac are producing. Up to today. The words of Isaac are still producing. A nation called Israel exists and it cannot be explained. Words are powerful. Even the words that, that um, Noah spoke over his son, those ones hurt me, harm. Let's go there in Genesis chapter 9. They are still producing because Africa came out of harm, unfortunately. You see, so Noah, let me read for you Genesis 9. Um, let's start from verse 18. We'll stop at verse 25. Genesis 9, 18 to 25. Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These, these three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. Basically, he drank wine and then became naked and dressed himself. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and went and told his two brothers outside. Ham did not believe in spiritual things, but Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders and went backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. Now your father's nakedness can be, can mean something, not, not necessarily nakedness, like something ashaming, like your father does something, maybe he, he got the family in debt or he lost everything or he cheated on your mom or he, and you go exposing his nakedness. You can either expose his nakedness or you can choose to cover your father. And these two covered their dad. And verse 24 says, so Noah awoke from his wine. Don't play with spiritual people. And he knew what his younger son had done to him. But he was under the influence. How did he know? He just knew. <laughs> and when he knew it, he said, he spoke words. He said, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. And to this day, 
unless you come under the blessing, if you go in parts of Africa, which the, which the Bible, which eventually when you do your historical study, you find that the people who came out of harm are the Africans. It doesn't matter where you find Africans in the world. Something is off about us. If we do not, that's why we need Jesus. Outside of the, of the blessing of God on our lives, which comes against that curse of harm, you see it producing. Anywhere you go, Africans are the poor ones. They are the servants of servants. They are, you know, being a servant of a servant, like if you have a servant and they have a servant, that is really low. No matter where you go, they are the ones who are fighting for their rights. They are the ones who are struggling. They are the ones who are slaves. They are the ones who are... Because there's a curse operating over the African race that are outside of the covenant of God. Believe in spiritual things. And you might be arguing with me saying, no, we are blessed in Christ Jesus. That is true, but there is a curse on the earth. And you know what? How you know that spiritual things are around is that you see the effects of them. Like if you take out your emotions and you're an African like me, think about it. It's real. It's real. Spiritual things real produce. Just like Israel is a result of words. Africa is a result of some words that were spoken. And we can reverse them, thank God by the blessing of Abraham that is on us, the Gentiles who believe. Let me tell you one of the effects of the curse, that there's a curse operating in the world. Weeds. You know weeds, you don't need to plant anything. Recently we planted grass in my compound and then in our compound and then I went out and found the place that has the greenest parts. I was like, but that didn't look like the grass we planted. Then I thought, no, those are weeds. They are the most healthy. The weeds are the healthiest, they're their biggest. I said, how did they come? They told me, well, they come in the manure, they come from the birds. Like, can you imagine if you want to plant, if you want good plants, you have to work hard at it. If you want weeds, they just grow. No one even needs to nurture them. Weeds grow and they are healthy because there's a curse on the earth. You have to believe in spiritual things. The words of your parents. Words hold great value in the spirit realm. They hold very great value. The unseen creates what you see. What you cannot see, the blessing creates your life. You find a blessed person like Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham, God spoke to him and said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Can you imagine? And you have to believe that that works in itself. Because when you find a blessed person, how do you know they are blessed? By the results of their life. What should you do? Bless those God has blessed. Don't ever find yourself on the opposing side of a blessed person. Because the one who has blessed them will deal with you. Like today, the thing I'm teaching is not for grabbing chairs and shouting. I'm saying believe in spiritual things because many of us, our lives are stuck or we are experiencing destruction in our lives because we don't believe in spiritual things. We are playing with spiritual things. The words of your parent, whether your parent is born again or not, they are your father. When the Bible tells you to honor your father and mother, that you may live long and you may do well on the earth, believe in spiritual things. If you don't obey that principle, you find that you're struggling in life, even though you're doing all the things. You can be a tither, you're, but then you don't honor your father and mother. And so it is not well with you. It is not well with you. You're always fighting things you shouldn't fight. Then there are people whose lives you can't explain. That they found a substitute mom or dad. In, maybe their father died or their mother died, but there's someone who raised them. And they start to honor them. And life just works for them. Why? It's spiritual. Guys, believe in spiritual things. <laughs> Spiritual things are real. They produce. You can't see them with the eye. Like, like the curse, you can't see it. The one that operates on the earth outside of the blessing of God on your life. But it produces weeds. It produces disease. It produces decay. You explain to me decay. That when you leave a thing there on its own, it starts to die. Why? Why is it dying? Explain to me that. That if you don't clean a place, it just gets dirty. I keep asking in this house. Recently, I stayed home. And I kept sweeping. You know, I don't like dirty environments. So I was constantly either sweeping or mopping, sweeping or mopping. And I was like, but what is making this house dirty? We are like three people in the home. What is making it dirty? There's a thing that just operates on the earth that is constantly pushing against... Ah. Believe in spiritual things. And when you understand that the blessing is the supreme, supreme operating system of the kingdom, you value anyone who God has said they have, the, they have the authority to bless. Because those people, the ones who have the authority to bless in our lives, then they are able to release something spiritual. When Paul says, I long to see you in Romans 1, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Why? 
that you may be established. He doesn't even know what he's going to impart. But he's saying that when you're in an environment, spiritual environment, there are transfers happening. At any given time, there are spiritual transfers. Sitting under the word of God on Sunday morning, on Wednesday in the missional community, listening to teachings, you do not know what is changing, but it's changing in your life. You have to believe in spiritual things. You must believe that when you're listening to the word, something is being transferred to you. And you don't know what it is, but something. And your life is changing. Your life is getting better. How? I don't know. How it works, we don't know, but it works. Believe in spiritual things because they gain value over time. And so, you can be blessed because of who you're connected to. Again, you have to believe in spiritual things to believe this thing. Let me tell you, for example, Abraham and Lot. Lot was blessed because of Abraham. He was connected to Abraham. God had blessed Abraham, but because Lot was connected to him and all the people who were in Abraham's household, they experienced the blessing. Why? Because Abraham was blessed. Like when you're connected to a person who carries and a specific, a specific assignment, or you're, you're connected to someone who has tapped into a certain level of blessing, you find that there are things that are working in your life because of being connected. Maybe let me give you a natural example. If you worked in an organization where you have a car benefit, you have a house, you have um, a benefit maybe of even going to school and studying extra, you know why you're, it's not because you're so special. It's because you're connected to the organization. The day you disconnect, you hand over the car, the house, the school benefits, everything goes because you, you don't understand that you're blessed because you're connected. You can even think you're the one who, I don't know, of course you're a blessing at your workplace. If you understand that you carry the blessing, is that they are blessed because of you. But also there are things you're experiencing because you're connected there. So when you understand that there are people who when you're connected to them, like your father and mother, your pastor and shepherd, your wife or husband, that you understand that these people, there's something spiritual they carry, and as long as I'm connected to them positively, there are certain things in life that I will experience. So who are you connected to? Believe in spiritual things. Words carry value. Let me show you some spiritual things that you should believe in. Um, 1 Corinthians 10. I think I already read that one, how walking in the flesh. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Listen to me. First of all, Paul says, we walk in the flesh, but we do not go to war according to the flesh. Watch out when the devil tries to engage you in the natural. He's trying to bring you where you're weak because you're strong in the spirit, but weak in the flesh. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, we have weapons and they are spiritual and they are mighty. And he starts telling you what, what your weapons do. They cast down arguments. Do you know that arguments are not innocent at all, at all, at all? The weapons of your warfare cast down arguments. Those arguments in, that come in your mind. They're arguing against the word of God. He says they cast down arguments and anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. They bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and and, and that, that's what your, your weapons of warfare are casting down thoughts, casting down imaginations, you know, uh, arguments that the enemy is bringing in your life. Actually, those are the weapons of your warfare. But if you don't believe in spiritual things, you'll think, ah, I keep getting these thoughts about death. Ah, I keep seeing myself getting, getting knocked by a car. Ah, I just keep imagining myself dying young. Those things are not, are not innocent at all at all. I keep seeing my church not growing. I keep imagining all my disciples leaving me. No. Those are not innocent. You cast down those imaginations using the word of God. Okay? Because, again, in Colossians 3, he says in verse 1, Colossians 3, if then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Then he says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. But how will you set your mind on things that you don't know? Set your mind on the word of God. Set your mind on things that are higher than the natural things. Don't set your mind on beauty and, and just 
pursuing of pursuit of wealth set your mind on purpose set your mind on god set your mind on serving your generation you know you have to fight to be able to serve your ministry and finish it that devil doesn't want you serving your generation he wants you distracted he wants you distracted believe that your prayer avails much be a person of prayer some of us pray out of obligation but do you know that your prayer makes dynamic power available that there are things you're fixing in the prayer closet as you pray in tongues you're fixing things 20 years from now that you don't even know i believe that i'm a product of prayer i believe that the prayers of my mother some of them are being answered right now she prayed them many years ago but they are being answered right now she prayed them 25 years ago they are being answered right now that your prayer the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails so much it makes things available prayer believe in prayer believe in the word of god believe in honoring your father and mother believe in the power of serving in god's house that if you obey and serve him you will spend your days in pleasure and your years in prosperity believe in serving believe in generosity believe in making disciples in serving your generation because the unseen must become more real to us than what we see we have to value spiritual things that's what led jesus to pray so much a long while before daylight having personal overnights spending his time preaching and teaching he valued spiritual things above the natural and up to now it's still producing whatever he left on the earth is still producing don't you want to leave something behind that produces after you're gone ah spiritual things outlast the natural things spiritual things create the natural when you pray it's a seed it produces when you read the word it's a seed when you speak the word it's a seed when you serve it's a seed when you worship it's a seed when you give it's a seed the kingdom of god is actually compared to a seed today my message is simple value spiritual things above natural things because spiritual things produce way after the natural way after like when you choose to serve god in your generation to make disciples to do evangelism to serve in the church when you choose to do those things and that's it's the portion of every believer every child of god is called to serve god in our generation no one is called to be a pew warmer there's nothing like that in the scriptures the pastors the evangelists the prophets the the, the, the apostles the teachers they are supposed to equip the saints for the work of ministry but if you don't believe in spiritual things you can spend your life just hanging around pursuing what the world pursues and you know one of the things that's going to kill the word of god in your life let me end with this today's message is a short one i'm telling you it's not even going to be long i just want you to value spiritual things let me read for you mark chapter 4 Let's see Mark 4. Um Mark chapter 4 talks about different types of soil. When the word is sown in your life, I want to show you the soil that most of us are in and I'll even go into the detail I think next week. Many of us, let me read for you actually from um verse 13. He says and he said to them, "Do you not understand this parable?" He's telling the the parable of of scattering seed. And he says, "How then will you understand all the parables?" the sower sows the word and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts okay these are the people who hear the word but they are distracted like never those things are not innocent ask yourself i can't i can i can concentrate on watching a 3 hour movie But if I try to read my Bible 10 minutes I'm bored I'm dozing thoughts are coming into my mind I'm remembering the other task the boss gave me I remember the quarrel we had last week suddenly something even when the preacher is preaching your mind keeps going on and off for you suddenly remember you want to send one text message you go to WhatsApp before you know it they are saying the grace and you had entered Instagram what it's not innocent that devil is trying to steal the word of God because immediately the, the quickest way to steal the word is immediately immediately believe in spiritual things He steals the word immediately. He says that that the immediately Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in your heart. You don't even remember. You can't even remember what was taught yesterday was Sunday but you can't remember. What did they teach yesterday? Something about healing. Wow. Then he says these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word they immediately receive it with gladness but they have no root in themselves. And so it endures only for a time. 
afterward, listen, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Well, you receive the word, you're like, yes, I believe what you're excited. You tell everyone. Then you wait. One year, two years. Or now your friends start telling you, you're being too much. You're extreme. You need to relax a bit. I don't know. Oh, it's your family. You receive the word with joy. But then persecution comes. Questions come. Comments come. Issues of life come. You look at your life and say, but am I headed anywhere? I know God gave me a word, but maybe I didn't hear him. You know, I remember when I left my, my, my regular work and I felt God was calling me into full-time ministry. Huh? And I had had a word from God that he'll take care of us financially. Oh, persecution came. Hmm? We had to move to a smaller house. We reached a point where we had no money. Um, we... We were trusting God for food, for fuel, for day-to-day. -day. Our, our daughter, we had one child, couldn't even pay fees. And you know that's when persecution comes and arises for the word. Take. I never forget the day my daughter was sent home for school fees. I took her to a school and I'm a pastor and we, we, we you know, we are, it was a church school and we were there with some congregants and then they see you being sent back with your child and you feel shame. And I remember thinking, I was an orphan. I, never, I was never sent home for school fees. My kid. He's being sent home for school fees. Am I doing the right thing? And as soon as those thoughts came, I took my daughter to someone, first locked myself in the car, and then went and started reading the Psalms. I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. I am not forsaken. I will not beg for bread. God is faithful. It is well with me. I was weeping in that car while speaking scripture, and I didn't tell anyone what had happened. I went actually and shared in a staff meeting, shared a testimony of how God has been so good to us. Man, I had to fight. But have I not, it's not that that has always been my disposition. There have been times when I have let go of the word of God, I'm sure. I try not to concentrate on those times. But you know what? Persecution can come for the word's sake. But the, the soil I want to focus on, I will say believe in spiritual things. Verse 19, verse 18 and 19. These are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who they hear the word. These are the majority of Christians. They hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things, entering in, chalk the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's where many of us are. Believe in spiritual things. That suddenly you get a promotion at work and you're too big to serve God. You're too busy to be present for church on Sunday. It's a matter of time. Before you know it, it starts to produce. The seed you've sown starts to produce. It diminishes. You find that you who used to care for nothing, you now have cares. Believe in spiritual things. The spiritual is above the natural. The most elevated things in the realm of the spirit are the word of God and serving people. That's it. So if you give yourself to the word and you're in spiritual environments and you serve others in your generation, it's a matter of time. Believe in spiritual things. They gain value over time. But many of us, we lack the patience. We have faith, but very little patience. Believe in spiritual things. Elevate spiritual things in your life. How? Do what the word of God says. Yes. If it says, honor your father and mother, honor your father and mother. Don't treat them lightly. Watch out for those words that your parents... When your parents speak a bad word over you, don't be like, I don't care. I curse it in the name of Jesus. Unless it's just that your parent is just difficult. But where it's because you provoked them to anger, you should go back and apologize and ask for a blessing. I'm telling you, believe in spiritual things. Believe in spiritual things. And I want to pray for you. Today's message, I told you, is short. And it's not the kind of lifting chairs, but I'm speaking to your spirit, man believe in spiritual things. The spiritual produces the natural. And right now, there are things in your life that are a harvest of some seeds sown. Now, don't enter guilt and condemnation. It won't help you at all. When it comes to your identity in Christ, it's totally by grace. When it comes to the fruitfulness, it's by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are things you've heard that you've allowed into your heart that are producing right now. And I want you to replace the lies with the truth of God's word. And then do what the word of God says. Become a mature person who by reason of use, you exercise your senses in the realm of the spirit. You take solid food where you use the word of God to establish new patterns in your life. To establish 
the blessing of God over your life, which he has already done. That's why we are connected to Abraham in the realm of the spirit, because he's blessed. And so we are blessed with believing Abraham. Yes, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Yes, we have the blessing working in our lives. So believe in spiritual things. Believe that you're blessed beyond the curse. Believe that the word of God, what the word says about you is true, that God maintains your lot. <laughs> that you cannot, you can't diminish. God maintains your lot. If you are walking by the word of God, now if you go against the principles of the word, but you keep claiming some parts of the word, it doesn't work. God is not into witchcraft. God is a God of principle. There is a principle of seed time and harvest. Believe in spiritual things. Sow your seeds now and trust God for a harvest. God is not mocked. He says a man will reap what he sows. So sow in the spirit that you may reap in the spirit. Believe in spiritual things. The flesh profits nothing. The spirit gives life. The words that God speaks are spirit and they are life. Believe what God says about you. Believe that you belong to a new family, a spiritual family. Attach yourself to someone. Be connected to a spiritual parent. Be connected to a shepherd. Many, this message is one of those where there's a lot going on in the realm of the spirit as you're listening to it. God is realigning you. Believe in spiritual. Don't trivialize the spiritual. Don't, don't go around mocking prophets. Believe in spiritual things. Believe in spiritual things. I've seen what spiritual things can do. I've seen people who have dishonored spiritual people. And it has not gone well with them. They read the word, they pray. But there's a principle you broke that is producing a fruit right now. And you can go and undo your harvest by planting new fruit. Go and apologize. Humble yourself. There are some people who've sent back to their former churches to live well so that they do not have to continue to struggle because they left with something in the realm of the spirit that is still questioning. There are questions in the spirit. Who you're connected to matters. Even who you disconnect from matters. Abraham had to disconnect from Lot to move forward. The people you need to disconnect from. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good morals. You can be deceived thinking, no, Believe in spiritual things. There's a transfer going on in your life right now as you hang around particular people consistently. And it takes time to see fruit. That's a thing. By the time you realize it, it's full grown and the roots have gone deep. Believe in spiritual things. Wow. It's a heavy message. Even me, I feel it. But Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that the entrance of your word gives light. Lord, open our eyes. Jesus, you rebuked your disciples and said that how can they be able to tell the times in the natural and not be able to discern spiritual things? Open our eyes, Lord, that we may discern spiritual things. That when we read your word, we will see spiritual principles. That when we follow them, by them we may partake of the divine nature. Open our eyes, Lord, where we have disobeyed spiritual principle. Lord, give us the wisdom and maturity and the humility to go back and correct what needs to be corrected and to surrender what needs to be surrendered. Give us the capacity to understand spiritual things, that we will value them and reap a harvest of a life of consistent victory by your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to pray for you who is watching and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Receiving Jesus is not a religion. No. It is, receiving Jesus is having a relationship with him coming into relationship with Jesus, believing that you cannot save yourself, that you're unable to save yourself, that you can never pay the penalty of your sin and believing that Jesus paid the penalty and putting your trust and hope in him, receiving him as your savior, receiving him as your Lord, and then starting to get into the word and understanding what he requires of you, which is mostly to believe him and to believe what he has done for you and then living a life of victory and then becoming a laborer who goes on and invites others into this grace that you've received. So it's not difficult. You don't need to clean yourself first. You come to him and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. You don't need to pay anything to get into a relationship with Jesus. You just need to believe in his love and grace for you and receive his life and you become one with him. The Bible tells us that if you believe in your heart and confess that Jesus is Lord, you will be born again. So why don't you pray this prayer after me? Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Forgive me of my past. Detach me from my past. And give me a new beginning. Write my name in the book of life. Give me your Holy Spirit. 
and teach me to serve you the rest of my life. Today, I am a child of God and I am born again. I belong to Jesus from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. You are now a believer. Welcome to the family of faith. Oh, yes, I want to give you a number that I would like you to send a message to and let me know that you've received Jesus today. The number is 0775-642449. 0775-642449. Send a WhatsApp message and say, I received Jesus during Faith Boosters. Even though you're watching it later, just let us know. We want to pray with you. We want to connect you to a faith family. We want to just reach out and, and give you a family to belong to. You can also send uh, on that same number if you're outside Uganda. That's plus 256-775-6424. Four nine, and of course you can also click on a link if you're watching live there's a link that you can click on for salvations we want to reach out to you and connect you to a loving family and answer any questions that you might have you can also send me testimonies on my email beatricebeamanzi at gmail.com we can send us testimonies we would like we should start reading out some of the testimonies they're very powerful of what god has done in your life as a result of following him and as a result of also this broadcast. Yes, I'd like to invite you to go out and win souls this week. He who wins souls is wise. I'd like to invite you to join a missional community if you're not part of one. Or start a missional community and serve in the church. Yes, God loves you. You're blessed. You're highly favored. I speak healing over anyone who is struggling with any disease in your body. I cast meningitis in the name of Jesus. I cast migraines in the name of Jesus. I speak against tooth pains. We send the word of God in there. It's living and active to deal with any pain in your body. We pull out cancers in the name of Jesus. Boils, we cast you in the name of Jesus. We speak healing and wellness and wholeness to you. It is well with you. It is well with you. It is well with you. You are getting stronger every day. You're getting bigger every day. You're moving forward into your destiny. Your best days are ahead of you. You're the head and not the tail. You are a spiritual man, a spiritual woman. Oh, yes. Always declare in faith. Things are getting better for you. Things are falling into place for you. God is moving you into a new land and a good land in the name of Jesus. In the realm of the spirit, you're understanding more. Your eyes of your understanding are being enlightened. Revelation is becoming easier and easier for you. You, you're obedient to the word of God. That is your portion. And because of you, many are coming to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Your fruit will last in your generation. You are a spiritual person. You will know spiritual things. You will discern them. You will walk in them. You live by them in the name of Jesus. You're blessed. See you next week. Same place, same time. Go to MC this Wednesday. See you Sunday for Garage. God bless. Bye. I was glad when they say